you need to find your new marks and, you know, anchor your identity somewhere in this new place and having a community helps with that. So I would advise anyone to, even if you maybe have some doubts about what community is or you don't really believe it, just be curious, just try. And I think there is at least one or two takeaway, positive takeaway that you will get. Hi, my name is Orlando and you're listening to Cooking Back to Our Roots with my mom, Vivian Aqua, the DEI consultant at Amplify DEI. My mom will be talking to different guest speakers from the African diaspora in the Netherlands. The podcast is not just about food, but also about connecting the conversation with our roots and cultivating a deeper appreciation for our shared heritage. Welcome to Cooking Back to Our Roots podcast, Sandra. And I'm curious about you, who you are, what you do. Can you share this with the audience, please? Sure. First of all, thank you for having me. Um, so I am Sandra Roberts. I am a French. I was born uh, near Paris and my parents were born in the French Caribbean islands of uh, Guadeloupe and Martinique. Uh, and I'm based in Amsterdam since 2015. Yeah. Do you want to know also about my professional life? Of course, of course, because you do amazing things. So I would rather hear that people hear it from you than me. Then I'll see how I can build you up from there on. Sure. So I am a freelance event producer. Um, yeah, I've been freelancing in events for eight years and I'm currently focusing on uh, production design of events related to uh, community building and culture and also a bit of sustainability. Mm -hmm. What events have you organized, right? Because people want to know and Sandra is not just an event organizer. I mean, the events that I've been on when it's related to OMEC, because she's also one of the event organizers from OMEC, it's always lit. So let's share. What kind of events do you organize? Sure. So, yeah, I've definitely been very busy with the lovely people at OMEC in the last months. So working closely with uh, with Kimo on developing, yeah, this beautiful community that is the OMEC community. And the last event that we've done, uh, well, the the major last one was the OMEC Summit that was happening at the end of October. That's a yearly uh, rendezvous where we invite our community, but also people who are just curious and who can relate to our mission to come together and basically share knowledge, share with each other and try to understand more about each other. And when we say each other, OMEC is a uh, focus on uh, biculturals of African descent. And so whatever we do, we really place these people at the center and then have conversations. And then anyone who is interested in hearing more about the bicultural aspect and uh, people of African descent is very welcome. You mentioned a little something about your roots. So I'm not going to ask you that question. However, I am going to ask you, to share more about your country, right? If people want to know what they can do there, what's the vibe, what, why they should visit your country instead of looking at Lonely Planet, what would yeah. you tell them? Yeah, so I guess a question for you, when you said my country, do you refer to mm -hmm. France, the Caribbean? 
Well, in so, some case, I would say I would say you mentioned you where your roots are from. So if your roots yeah. are from two places, you are definitely you can definitely share the two places. Yeah. No. Then I think it's good uh, for the audience clarification in case you don't know mm -hmm. the similarities of you know French Caribbean islands versus France. Mm -hmm. So we yeah. are part, the, the the French islands are part entirely part of France on paper. They are the embankments of the French, the French country, but of course there is a whole ocean between the French islands and the mainland, uh, and that influences the way people live, the, the 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 status of the people in in the, the lot of French citizenship, if that makes sense. All of that to say that life in the French Caribbean is very different from life in in the French mainland. And I grew up in France mainland, but my parents are from the Caribbean. So, of course, at home it was mostly, you know, or partially Caribbean way of living, but in a white French context, let's say. Mm -hmm. um, so, back to your question uh, that I for forgot. <laughs> well, you have said you have, you've demystified the relationship to between the Caribbean and also between France, but I'm I'm also curious about your roots, right? Your roots is partially France, but I'm more curious about the Caribbean part. So can you share more about that country and can you share more about some different things that things that you wouldn't find in Lonely Planet as a travel guide? Oof. Yeah, um, I would have to uh, to read Lonely Planet to understand what they what they. <laughs> but what I can say is, mm -hmm. well, these islands are beautiful. So Guadeloupe and Martinique, they are very close to each mm -hmm. other. And also, disclaimer: my grandparents are actually from Dominica, which is the islands in between Guadeloupe and Martinique, and it's, it used to be a, a British island. So I also have this mm -hmm. heritage, but I'm not so much in contact with that part. But Guadeloupe and Martinique are yeah, beautiful islands. The culture is very high. I mean, I'm always so impressed uh, about how when I say where my parents are from, people are going to be like referring to a cultural aspect of these islands. They're so small, mm -hmm. like 500,000 mm -hmm. inhabitants each. It's nothing. But the music, food, even in fashion, like there, there, there is a lot of cultural production from these small islands, and I think mm -hmm. it's remarkable. Yeah, what else do you can't find about these islands? I think it's just also the you have to experience it. It's just the way people are, and I think it's not only in these islands; it's in the Caribbean in general. Is mm -hmm. people are just you know. It, it, everything seems more simple, you know. It's uh, mm -hmm. it's um, the pace, uh, the pace of life, uh, the way you appreciate life is totally different. Uh, and uh, it, it, I think it re once you experience it, it reveals something within you that maybe you are not, you you didn't know you needed in your life. But once you're there, you're like, that's that's this one thing that I'm missing. Over in Europe, it's like just the, mm -hmm. the feeling that you can appreciate life just for this, for what it is. The simple. So I would I would describe it as much as hospitality, right? Mm -hmm. Where what I hear from 
a lot of the people that I've interviewed so far for the show that hospitality is seen differently here in the Netherlands and Europe differently as when you compare it to the Caribbean, where you are warmly embraced, whether it's the weather or whether it's the people, whether it's the food, everything is embracing you as a human being without even knowing who you are, what you stand for. Yes. Yes, I agree. Exactly this. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your favorite meal that you want to share with the people? Yes, that's a a difficult one. But I will attempt. Also, I... I'm a, a, a sweet, sweet taste, sweet tooth. What's Ooh, the expression? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cakes, I would say, is at the top of my list. <laughs> but okay, on, on the other side of the, the food uh, channel, I would say the Dombre is uh, mm-hmm. one of them. Uh, so Dombre, if you don't know what it is, it's, it's a dish made of flour, yeah, like bowls made of flour and water. And then you, yeah. There is a sauce, it's mixed in a sauce, and then usually there is meat or fish involved. So yes, that that's uh, that brings a lot of memories. I always love when my, my mom does that. Um, like fufu, is that correct? Is it like fufu? It I seems, because when I'm looking at the images, it has, well, it's, I mean, fufu is made of, plantain and cassava but the way that i'm looking at the images it seems like dough balls within soup yeah kind of yeah yeah um i wouldn't call it necessarily yeah soup soup but it's still soup yes two more and and then it's um i think fufu is a very um soft right like you can break it easily and this balls, they're more like you, you just eat it as it's, it's closer to gnocchi, let's say. In, uh, mm, yeah. And gnocchi also resembles poo poo. Yeah. Then probably, yeah. It's <laughs> just a different way of making fufu, but eating it with stew, eating it with soup. Yeah. It seems like, you know, the people from Martinique and Grenade also didn't leave their culture behind, but they adapted it and they changed it to something that resembles maybe fufu or maybe a different kind of fufu that you are having there as well. Yeah. Yes, yes. What else? What else would you like to share? Yeah. What um, need to taste from your country? Yeah. Um, one of my other favorites, it's, which is very simple, but it's just delicious to me. It's uh, rice and beans. Yeah, again, rice yeah. and beans. <laughs> so I'm was all about rice and beans. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. You saw avocado yeah. on the side. It's like so mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely uh, that. And then another one. It's more like a snack, but I think has that direct connection with West Africa. At least is no what we call Accra. Well. Actually, it's in the name almost. <laughs> Agra. So those are beignets, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, tops. Probably, yeah. yeah. So we make it yeah. with with cut fish often and love spices. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's as a snack. So you you mentioned Agra. That's what's Agra. Yeah. Okay. 
We need to look up the naming of it, but I will definitely share. I hope that I can find a YouTube video so that I can share it in the show notes as well. And what did you learn from the, the preview that you watched from Cooking Back to Our Roots? What's, what is an element that you want to highlight in this conversation as well? Um, uh, I think I really, I can always relate whenever people talk about this idea of connecting, you know, the past, well, the Sankofa concept, the past, the present, mm-hmm. and future, how you incorporate your learning from the past to the future, to your present and future. I, I think that's something that I came to understand the importance of a few years back, like, you know, when sort of doing, you know, a little bit of work on, on yourself and trying to understand who you are. And mm-hmm. I didn't realize that how powerful it was to, because as people of Caribbean descent or Caribbean people, well, our knowledge about the past is limited or not for everyone, but mm-hmm. a lot of people don't necessarily know where their roots, <clears throat> African roots, for instance, are. Right? So, um, and my parents were not necessarily also, you know, teaching us much about this. Probably they didn't know. Uh, so I, I grew up not, you know, this was not important when growing up. But then I mm-hmm. came to realize that without that knowledge or without at, at least acknowledging the fact that you have this history and it's super layered and, and it, it defines you a, a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, without understanding that, then you can't really move forward as your full self, I think. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And also... Through that process, also the idea of I'm not, I don't have huge spirituality, but I do believe in the idea that your ancestors are around you, you know, it's it's somehow they're they're there and they're looking Mm -hmm. at what you're doing. And this idea, just that to think of my my ancestors that went through (laughs) obviously terrible things, then probably looking at me and be like, yeah, she's she's fine. She's doing great, you know. And this encourages me to, in a way, do it for them, you know, and be like, okay, I want to make them proud. Actually, so, yeah, that that's something I heard in in the episode with Edson and Sasha. I think and sure, Frank, mm-hmm. this idea a little bit, and I was like, yeah, I like this, and that's very yeah. Good. True, true, and also good that you're bringing this element of the show back and. You have been in the Netherlands for quite a while, since 2015, but I'm also curious about your your upbringing in France, since you are from France. How do you look back on your past? And this can be professional, personal. What is it that you want people to get out of what you have, yeah, what you have experienced in the past? Um, <clears throat> yeah, wow. So you broad question where to go mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, my upbringing friends well maybe I can I can talk about the reason why I live outside of friends <laughs> mm-hmm. because I think friends has 
and a big identity crisis. Well, it's not a crisis, it's always been there. <laughs> but as a young Black woman who grew up in the suburb of Paris, there are mm-hmm. like so many stigmas that I yeah. was carrying. And I didn't realize that until I left France, you know, and I was, I came to the Netherlands and then I was not a black woman from the suburb. I was just a French person point. And uh, so, yeah, I think uh, what I want to say here is that France is a beautiful country, but depending on your background, yeah, your identity, your Frenchness, yeah, your Frenchness will be totally different and very limiting. And I think a lot of people don't see that. When I talk about friends to non-French people, they're like, oh, I had no clue it was like that. And yeah, that's the thing. And 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 when you understand that and you look at what friends does is in the world, does in the world, then it it, it makes sense. You know, you, you make connections, you're like, okay. No, I, I see. France is not like that. Only that beautiful, grandiose country, mm-hmm. glamorous. It's uh, yeah. There is a lot of layers. Super yeah, dark ones. But yeah, I can definitely relate to that. So I've been to France for a couple of times. Where I've been to, I think the Seine, Lyon. I've been to Lyon where I am being acknowledged and seen as a human being, but within Paris, which I thought that was an international landscape where you would expect people to be more open to all the different nationalities. Not only did I encounter uh, challenges and dealing with exclusion, my child, Orlando, who was 10, was being excluded. And I'll simply share one thing is that the French has a ruling on swimwear. Here in the Netherlands, we don't wear Speedos. We wear boxer shorts to at least the men wear, right? The men wear that. And in France, they are wearing the suffocating Speedos, which my partner wasn't aware of. We didn't know about the custom. And that's also something that I need to, we all need to do better is when we are visiting a country that we learn about the customs and cultures mm. so that we don't face exclusion based on the custom and the cultures, right? So that's upon us. Mm. But on the other hand, a child is with us and the treatment that my child got was a treatment of exclusion for grownups. Mm. So the encounter that Orlando has, Orlando doesn't have all that much positive memories about Paris. Maybe I can make it up with him by going to Euro Disney, but then again, I'm not a fan of Paris. I've seen Paris in in good, but I've also seen Paris in in a dark light. Whereas different cities within French or in France, I've never encountered the dis the dehumanization as I did in Paris. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, that's sad. That's all. Right here, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I, got, I got that introduction, and now French is not on my list. The same mm-hmm. as for Italy, I'm, I'm skipping Italy as well. But that's a whole nother conversation. And given to what you know now, right? You have encountered 
you have organized so many events where you have seen opportunities, seen people, seen organizations that are willing to go the extra mile. What would you like people to take with them into the present when you base it on the work that you're doing now? What's the valuable lesson? Uh, the valuable lesson about the work that I do? The, wa- the valuable lesson that the work that you do, but also the encounters that you have at the moment right now, what is it that you want to share with people that can inspire them, can empower them? Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, I think uh, I will go back to what Omic does because that's also how we, we met each other, right? So, yeah, um, yeah. I think Omic, I think for me, yeah, since I've been working with Omic, I realized the importance of, of community. I wasn't aware, I wasn't aware that, that having, being part of a community can be so, again, powerful and empowering. And just comforting, actually. Maybe not not necessary to use like super big words, but just the comfort of being being part of a community that you can not fully relate to, but relate to. Because being part of a community doesn't mean that each and every person within that community have the same ideas that look like you and so forth. No, it's that there is a common denominator that brings you together and so there is this 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 pillar and in the middle that you can you know sit on and be comfortable and not doubt that it will go away but then from that then you engage in conversation with different type of people and maybe you don't fully agree but you just learn you know and it's it's a place where you can be yourself, be open to learning, be open to airing other perspectives. And that's, um, yeah, that's super important because I grew up, I didn't have, of course, in the Caribbean, the sense of community is very high. That's how mm-hmm. life is, right? That's how these islands operate. But my parents, yeah. they moved from these islands to the mainland when in their early 20s. And so they left their community. They found other communities in Paris, but smaller ones and so forth. And I think with age, they, at least when I came, came, you know, when I was born, um, I didn't feel like we were really part of a, you know, strong community. So I didn't grow up with that aspect. And it's only when I started working with Omeg that I, really came to understand the meaning of community and how important it is. And especially more so for people, for biculturals. So for people yeah. that, that don't, <clears throat> not only I'm, you know, an Afropean in, in the Netherlands, but I'm also an ex- expat or immigrant, whatever. So you need to find your new marks and, you know, anchor your identity somewhere in this new place and having a community helps with that. So I would advise anyone to, even if you maybe have some doubts about what community is or you don't really believe it, just be curious, just try. And I think there is at least one or two takeaway, positive takeaway that you will get. And that's in these times, any positive takeaway, just take it. (laughs) 
but also what I get from your from what you are sharing with the work that I'm doing, right? If we want progress, if we want innovation, if we want creativity, if we want to grow, mm-hmm. you cannot do it on your own. I mean, you can, but very true. You are doing it on a very slow pace. Whereas with when you are tapping into community. You are able to delegate, you are able to connect, you are able to support each other and help each other grow. And that's what I've seen ever since being in a community or being part of different communities that I'm leveraging the value of being in a community. But also when I hear somebody's looking for, let's say for an event or somebody's looking for TV production or podcast production or whatever, I try to pitch in whatever way, whether it's my advice, whether it's a sponsoring of a small donation. People don't reach out to me because I'm not Oprah, but sometimes mm-hmm. I am playing secret sender or a secret donator because I believe in just a little amount that I can support the community or buy tickets for other people, right? It's the little things that I can do to make events accessible to see how I can diversify or to use my privilege for the better. So thank you for addressing this, Sandra, for amplifying community. And unfortunately, we have reached the last question. Wow. What's the message? Yeah, I know. (laughs) What's the message that you want to share for the future, especially when it comes to those who want to challenge and mitigate the challenges that they are facing right now. And when I talk about challenges, I'm talking about exclusion. I'm talking about discrimination. I'm talking about racism. What's the message that you want them to walk away with? Hmm. Yeah, I think uh, probably I will just repeat a bit what I said before, but well, we have recently had elections in the Netherlands that showed us. (laughs) Yes, it's called that. What it showed us is that, yeah, we, we still need to, well, so when I say we is like minorities in, in, in Europe, still need to, f- to, to fight a little bit to. Uh, it's not upon us alone, though. I do believe that we need allies from the majority I know. that want to change better because it's not only our challenge that we need to that we need to fight it's also upon those who really believe in diversity to make an effort to involve us as well i just wanted to share that yeah that's very true yeah that's very true but uh clearly there is a quite a big large group of people that Mm -hmm. not really care about making sure that we feel comfortable in Europe, right? And we're opening doors to us. So sure, we can, we need allies, not we can, we need ally, but most and foremost, we need to rely on ourselves first. Mm -hmm. So being part of a community that will, which goal is to uplift each other, to push each other, to just continue you know carving our path that's mm-hmm. that's i think the main message that i want for the future is like don't um focus on focus on the people that are there for you and don't don't focus on trying to convince the people certain type of people that you're legitimate to live in in right. europe or that your existence is legitimate like 
maybe probably these people will never be convinced anyway. And it's their mm-hmm. problem. I mean, it's 2023, like karma will take care of them and <laughs> other things will take care it's of them. It's also a waste of our energy, right? A waste of our energy and time yeah. to convince people to trust us to believe in us to invest in us and i i am going to quote ava duvernay which i've quoted quite a while now mm-hmm. where ava duvernay was talking about creating her own movies why right? so ava duvernay she's the the director who created the movie 13th and mm-hmm. also other valuable movies that are talking about our narrative are talking about a narrative from a dutch from sorry from a black perspective and Ava's quote is, I'm not going to continue knocking on that old door that doesn't open for me. I am going to create my own door and walk through that door because she's amazing. She's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. Exactly. We need to invest in ourselves instead of, you know, holding our hands up or, or waiting upon somebody else to see our value. Make yourself known. Yeah. Be visible. Be on LinkedIn. If you don't have LinkedIn, people, if you don't have LinkedIn, don't talk to me. You have <laughs> to have LinkedIn. If you want to leverage your professional development, be visible on LinkedIn and definitely look at Sandra's page and also look at my page. You notice that we are active on LinkedIn. We have a profile because you have to leverage LinkedIn for a professional. I mean, other platforms are valuable like Instagram or TikTok. I'm not part of the TikTok crew, but I can understand that definitely there are different platforms for different people. Leverage the platform that you feel comfortable with, but definitely have a LinkedIn profile. That's it, period. Don't talk to me if you don't <laughs> have a LinkedIn profile. <laughs> Whew, I have one. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, luckily. Thank you, Sandra, so much for this conversation. I really appreciate it too for you to share your experience and also the biculturalness of what you had. I really love it that you said that I represent both France and also the Renate and Martinique as well. And I have a part of me from Dominique, so Dominican, which I didn't know. And I think a lot of people didn't know, right? So that's very valuable. In the show notes, I will share the recipes or at least images or videos of the dishes that you shared. And it was an honor to interview you. So thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was really a pleasure to discuss with you. And I'm really flattered that you invited me on your podcast. Of course, of course, of course. Of um, course. Just a quick uh, rectification that it's Guadeloupe, not Granada. Sorry. No worries. We were listening Oh my God. Okay, people, this is how you apologize, right? Guadeloupe, Martinique. And I apologize for mentioning the wrong country. It, it's fine. It's, it's, that's why I always say like the Caribbean, because <laughs> that's, yes. uh, <laughs> yeah. People jumping from one island to another. Same people. Thank you. Thank you for for this correction. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cooking Back to Our Roots. I hope you enjoyed my month's conversation with the guest speakers. If you love what you heard today, don't forget to share this episode with your friends and family. Until next time, bye.